0: Hello, it is Thursday, June 11th. Time for another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Uh, today, I want to start out looking at the interview that Ali Abdulaziz did with Brett Akamoto of ESPN. The first thing uh, from that from that interview that I want to discuss is Abdelaziz's, what he says is his um, style of negotiation, uh, what he's looking to do whenever he works uh, a contract for one of his fighters. Um, Specifically in this video, he is, an interview rather, he's talking about working with the UFC. So here is Ali Abdelaziz speaking to
1: Brett Akamoto of ESPN. Let me tell you my strategies. Everybody, every time I negotiate, certain guys I have to go to the office and certain guys I can just do it on the phone. Certain kind of deals, I have to meet face to face with people. My mentality is very simple. I think they are the biggest gangster in the world want to rob me for everything I have, right? They think that. But when I'm going there, I'm thinking this. I want to take Dana White, his clothes. I want to take his, his nice Ferrari. I want to take Hunter's Ferrari. I want to take all their wallets and their shoes, and I'm leaving. My mentality is, is is I want to rob them. I want to make sure Dana White get a... In Las Vegas heat, when you go outside, he get a, a burn... You know, from the suntan, you get a suntan, he's too white, he's going to get burned brown, right? This is my mentality. But I don't think it's personal. And hey, when I leave, I want him to call the cops. And I want to hear the police scanner said, 211, robbery, right? And guess what? This is part of the business. I
0: think this is uh, a case of bluster on the part of Abdelaziz. And I believe that because of a a, a story that Stephen Morocco did when he was with MMA Junkie in August of last year when uh, Morocco did some digging around and spoke to some managers about the seemingly cozy relationship that Abdelaziz had with PFL and specifically with Ray Cepho, and how uh, Dominance MMA had uh, what felt like an overabundance of fighters getting signed to PFL. And one of the things that stuck out uh, for me during that interview was when Cepho said they give me numbers we negotiate and it gets done they don't use me to go somewhere else which um he then went on to say that dominance doesn't use pfl as quote leverage or a stepping stone like a lot of people do so if you have one um promoter saying this guy is easy to work with and he doesn't leverage um, my contracts against other promotions, and try to uh, more or less, he doesn't try and get the best deal he can for his fighters. That he's trying to more just he's he's agreeable, is for lack of a better term. That's not that's quite the opposite of what Abdel Aziz is saying here in this interview, where he's saying that he wants to, you know, take everything the UFC has. I'm going to believe the words of Cepho over uh, Abdelaziz in this case uh, because you don't you don't get the fighters and the deals and the numbers that Abdelaziz is working with in the with the UFC unless you're easy to work with. Um, look at Holly Holm's manager, Dana White just does nothing but badmouth him because he tries to get what's best for his client. I don't, I, I don't, I haven't heard anything from White where he badmouths Abdelaziz when it comes to con- contractual dealings. He, he's badmouthed him on, on other things, but not on contractual dealings. So I just don't see it here. I don't see, um, that that I don't believe that Abdelaziz is a hardball player, which he's trying to which he's trying to express here. Another reason I don't believe it is because of the of the welterweight title fight that's coming around. Usman could have fought Masvidal, but Masvidal um, didn't like the money, and he turned it down. And. Gilbert Burns, who is represented by Abdelaziz, took it. Took the fight. Quickly. Because Burns has been easy to deal with. He's filled in on short notice. He's more or less said that he wanted this fight. and Never really said that he was going to hardball the UFC. But and then the deal got done like that. So don't tell me that that you're playing a hardball game when you have fighters like um, Henry Cejudo, uh, a two-division champ making 350 for a title fight. So I think Abdulaziz wants to think that he's a better uh, negotiator and a better uh, manager than he is. And that's just that's how I feel and. Um, I think he's agreeable to the UFC and I think that's why he his fighters get a lot of fights. I could be wrong but from all appearances that's kind of uh, what it seems to me. It was a uh, bit of an uproar earlier tonight um, over uh, Combate Americas uh, fighter Gustavo Lopez, um, his manager Danny Rubenstein, um, made him made an error, and thought that uh, Lopez was able to sign with the UFC, but he was still uh, under contract with Combate Americas, and uh, they asked the promotion to release him so he could sign with the UFC. From my understanding is that he was in the in the matching period or the exclusive negotiation period with Combate. And that was the sticking point. And while I understand that and I understand that um, they didn't want to release him at first. They eventually did, so he could sign with the UFC. But they did not have to. And my problem isn't with the fact that they might, that they, if they wouldn't have released him, I wouldn't have had a problem with that because that's the way the contracts work. It's my my problem is with the contracts themselves, and this is a, a broken system here. Is that the these these exclusive negotiating periods, um, so a fighter fights out his deal, and then there's an exclusive negotiating period for a set amount of time that the fighter can only negotiate with that promotion. So in the UFC, I believe it's 90 days. So that's three months where if the UFC wants, it can just sit on that fighter and either negotiate with them to get a new deal or freeze them out, just let them sit and not work with them and not, and not agree to let them talk to other promotions. So now that's three months where, this is a worst case scenario, three months where the fighter doesn't know if they're gonna re-sign with the promotion or if they're gonna be able to work with another promotion. So say the promotion lets them sit doesn't doesn't negotiate with them and doesn't release them from that exclusive period, so now that's three months, um, and this I'm um, assume this isn't a star, this is a middling fighter, um, has a name recognition but isn't at the top tier, uh, maybe be on maybe someone on the way up, maybe someone on the way down, but not not top not someone. Like a John Jones or a Jorge Masvidal or a Conor McGregor, who's going to demand huge amounts of money and who would get a huge offer right from the get-go. So that fighter then negotiates with another promotion. Say that takes a month, and then the UFC has a a, a, a right to match, and now you're looking at another period of time. So and then they and then. The fighter so in the UFC matches, and now, now you're looking at six months maybe before the fight fighter uh, gets another deal. I mean, gets another fight. So that's the that's the issue, is that these exclusive negotiating periods aren't to work a deal in favor of the fighter. They're to work. The fighter and freeze them out and make them not risk signing, not risk going to free agency, because once they do hit free agency, they don't know when they're gonna fight again. And if this is a fighter who doesn't have a a, a deal where they can sit and and wait, because they they don't make a significant amount of money, they're gonna uh, they're gonna more often than not re up their deal before the uh, they they reach the end of their deal and then they're not going to be able to get a get a better deal for themselves. They're not going to be able to move up. They're not going to be able to hit free agency and and get what they're worth. So what I would like to see is that that exclusive negotiating period either eliminated or reduced. Um, you know, make it a couple weeks or make it, you know, if, if, if you want to insist on having that, then make it a less than a month, a month or less. Let these fighters uh, try and try and get what they're worth. And this is up to the management, their managers, uh, to force this issue, or a fighters association could, could force this issue. But yeah, the, uh, the exclusive negotiating periods is, is part of the broken system. Um, and I know a lot of people didn't like how this played out, but I would say, you know uh, take the names out of it from I know that that Lopez isn't a fighter that is gonna um, he's not ha- doesn't have the uh, most name recognition, but you have fighters like uh, Jones. Um, Masvidal and McGregor kind of involved with uh, issues with the UFC right now so say they wanted to be put out of taken out of their deals to negotiate with someone else to sign with someone else when they were in that negotiating period would the UFC do that absolutely not they wouldn't do that they won't do that so why should, why should combat the Americas do that if if they're not if they're not in cahoots with the UFC as a as a fighter as a a feeder league, so to speak, why should they do anyone any favors when they're contractually doing things by the book? The UFC wouldn't do it, so don't 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 come at uh, Combate Americas and say, "Well, you guys should do it because the UFC wants to sign this guy." So what? Fix the, fix the bigger problem. Fix the bigger problem. And this is up to the managers and the fighters. The bigger problem is the negotiating period. Not that the, the uh, promotion won't release a fighter. That's a symptom of the problem. Fix the problem. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, story about training police in jiu-jitsu. I don't agree that this is a good idea. I have my reasons because um, I think folks that are going to abuse their powers as police are going to. This isn't going to help them. In fact, I think. Well, I think. Yeah, it's not going to help them be better police because if if you're if you already don't care about the well-being of someone um, of the people that you're supposed to be policing then training that person to effectively uh, wrench limbs damage limbs and and ligaments or choke someone unconscious or to death Um, training them that isn't going to make them a, a, a better or more understanding person if a person's broken enough to wantonly kill someone training them to do so more effectively isn't going to help them at all it's just not and and i think that's the problem i have with the, the article it makes assumptions that that are false and in closing here it says if the goal is for law enforcement to be able to quickly apprehend and safely transfer suspects if the goal is for America to stop tearing at it seems because of alleged police brutality then we have to make sure the police know what they're doing both tactically and physiologically but the assumption there is that that the goal of, of all law enforcement is to apprehend apprehend and safely transfer suspects. We've obviously seen that that is not the goal of everyone in law enforcement. These people aren't accidentally killing people. I don't believe that. And so to train them to do so more effectively isn't going to change that. And I also take a huge exception to the part in this story where it says alleged police brutality. Uh, um, We have videos. It's not alleged. This shit's happening. Kneeled on that guy's neck for almost nine minutes. That's not alleged. That happened. Police didn't, they're doing, if they do no-knock raids and they throw a, a grenade into a baby's crib and it, and it injures that baby that's not alleged that happened so I think that just that word while it waits till the end of the story I think taints the whole the whole concept because we know it's not alleged we know these things have happened you, you can't deny that so yeah I take exception with the story I think it's uh, faulty I don't think it's going to help um, the, uh, the, the police that are, that already don't care. It's not going to help. It could help, um, the law enforcement folks who, who want to be good police. But they're already, they probably already don't need that help. So it's a faulty premise and it's a disappointing story. And I mean, should it have run? I wouldn't have run it, but it's not my decision, so if someone wants to run it, they run it. I mean, I don't have a a big issue with that, but by the same token, if it gets run, then it should be examined, and it should be analyzed, and it should be seen for what it appears to be, and I don't, I I find the whole argument faulty and in, in, in poor taste, actually, so... I just wanted to say that I took a while to think about this, read the story a bunch of times, and and it just it still doesn't sit with well with me. So I just wanted to express that. I want to end tonight, and say something uh, a little something about Ray Borg. Um, he had to pull out of his fight um, on Saturday due to uh, what is being called a family emergency, and he uh, posted a picture of his son on social media, and and referring to uh, um, the, the, the emergency and it said family first, see you soon son and uh, yeah um, Borg has had, a, Borg his wife and his son have had a, a real tough run here um, The uh, his son was born, his, Anthony his, his son um, was born uh, in 2018 and has had uh, a bunch of surgeries um, brain surgeries um, since he since he was born and uh, it's uh, yeah that's it's got to be a tough 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 thing for that for his for the Borg family and um, I hope uh, everything works out for them um, the kid's obviously a uh, tough and <laughs> and and uh, uh, a fighter and I really hope everything works out there Um, so people who are uh, criticizing Borg for pulling out of the fight I don't think that's something that should be done so hopefully like I said everything is gonna work out for the best Um, and so I I hope I hope the the Borg family I hope things are, are okay So uh, I will uh, end on that note, and uh, I'll be back um, sometime soon, maybe uh, Monday, maybe sometime over the weekend. We'll see how things go. Until then, stay safe.